0: Check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs.
1: He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. sports.
0: Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Board of Border, border 1061 ESPM at Joseph's here on a Monday, a game week for the Washington Commanders as the preseason gets underway on Friday night for them down uh, over in Cleveland. As uh, we get into the NFL, the, the heart of the NFL preseason schedule, week one this week, uh, there's games, I believe, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And basically, the exercise is for everyone in the NFL just hoping your team doesn't get hurt. That's all. I think the preseason is basically watching with one eye, with both your hands covering your face and like, you know, doing that thing where you maybe your eye shows up and nothing else because you really don't. I mean, it's it's football and you love seeing your respective teams, but you don't want anybody to get hurt. Uh, so that's what's going on this week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday there is NFL football, but of course it is I don't know how much uh, we're going to see with regards to the starters. Of course, Ron Rivera was uh, brought up some interesting things today. We'll get into that a little bit later about uh, an interesting development at training camp, although it's not really interesting. It's logic, which is rare to see from the commanders. Maybe this is once again a byproduct of Daniel Snyder disappearing. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we will also get into the political free uh, discussion of the uh, failures of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. I wasn't planning on getting up, but somehow I actually awoke at 5.30 in the morning on Sunday, so I watched the game. Once again, didn't see any goals. And then I saw uh, penalty kicks and a loss for the United States women. So uh, we will certainly discuss that. Politics-free. I don't care about the other stuff. We'll get into the -the on-the-field stuff. Uh, And then also we'll just get into some on-the-field college football. Both the coaches poll is out for the uh, FBS. And the Stats FCS Top 25 poll is out for uh, college football. We'll talk about both of those things. Uh, you've got James Madison receiving a vote in the coaches poll. The only state school will tell you who is ranked where in the uh, coaches poll. We'll tell you where the Spiders and William & Mary are ranked in the Stats FCS Top 25 poll. We'll do that a little bit later on. uh that is the phone number, that is the text line, 804 is the area code. You can always text us. Tweet me at MidMajorMatt at ESPN Richmond if you want to get involved in the show. And uh, I, first things first... I would like to tell the people who were calling for the demise of college football and said, we are no longer going to have college football and the purity of the game uh, is ruined by all the realignment. Uh, We are still scheduled to have college football games coming up in a couple of weeks. And at last I checked, we're still scheduled to have college football in 2024. And... I uh spent a lot of the weekend reading all the narratives and reading all the people who came out and said, "Man, college football and college sports is in such a bad place after what happened over the weekend." And it was it was hard to kind of quote tweet and just go after every person who just couldn't be more wrong about the situation. Um there were several analogies that I came up with. There were several things that I came up with, and I have all sorts of of ranging thoughts here when it when it comes to it. And you, you heard a lot of them on Friday, but I had kind of time, 48 hours or so, to kind of let everything process in. For those who are not familiar, Oregon and Washington now in the Big Ten, Uh, Arizona State and Utah joining Arizona in the Big 12, and we now have a Pac-4, which is basically uh, Stanford, who probably should be in the Ivy Leagues, uh, Washington State. Oregon State, and I'm forgetting who the fourth team is, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, there's a fourth team there. And we're seeing all the reports now in terms of they're looking at the Mountain West, and they're going to go talk to the Mountain West and and try and uh, bring them together and then go after some AAC teams and come back better than ever. Here's the thing I liked, uh, my first analogy here. The Pac-12 was a dying animal. And what did we do? We put it out of its misery. And... There's a lot of people who come out and they're like, well, what are we going to do without the Pac-12? And they're starting to list all the memories of things that happened and all the Pac-12 things. First off, the people who are lamenting the Pac-12, half of them never watched a Pac-12 game in their life. Let's be completely honest. The East Coast, which was pretty much ignored by the conference, didn't stay up for the most part to be watching the games. Because if there were enough eyeballs that were watching these 10 o'clock games, 11 o'clock games they wouldn't have had an issue getting a TV deal. Let's be completely honest. If if you showed me the ratings and there were enough people watching these games, somebody would have bid on the conference. You know who bid on the conference? Apple TV. Arizona's president, Bobby Robbins, today... ...on selling the Apple package said, quote, we were trying to think, well, it's going to be like selling candy bars for Little League, end quote. And it really was, because there was going to be a stationary uh, amount. I think they said it was $20 And then there was going to be more or less based off of the subscription numbers. Well, like, you're going to tell me that teams should stay in and basically be door-to-door salesmen? Hey, you want to go get uh, Apple TV? We need you to get Apple TV, because every time you get Apple TV, we start seeing more money. That's not how it goes. That's not how it should go. And the Pac-12 was getting closer and closer to not having a TV deal. And don't cry for all the Pac-12 rivalries and everything, because here's the irony of it. USC and UCLA are going to the same conference. Um, they're both going to the Big Ten. Washington and Oregon are now going to the Big Ten. Utah, going to the Big 12, now gets to reunite with BYU because now we get to save that beloved rivalry, which everybody sits here and says, now that we have all this realignment, we're going to lose all the great rivalries. Teams are just going to stop playing each other all together. And to which I've said, and this is what I've said for college basketball, if you love the rivalry and you want to preserve the rivalry... You'll play the rivalry. You've got three or four non-conference games in college football every season. You could get out of that foolish FCS contract you have, pay off the thing, and, and play the state rival that everybody so badly wants you to play. What well, we've seen college football do, and I understand, there's all the bleeding hearts who are like, "I college football's not what I used to be like, and there's all these people, and I'm going to guess... I'm just gonna guess this because we do our Monday four o'clock hour together. I'm just gonna guess that Bob is one of those people, and that Bob and I are going to argue about this. And I it, look, it's two different perspectives. but I, I can't get uh, you know, loyal to college football because it's just a changing thing. It's an object. And objects in order to survive in the in the, in this space have to change. Why do you think, uh, you know, birds suddenly got wings? Whatever. Why do you think dinosaurs developed certain things and then eventually they died off because they couldn't handle whatever was happening on Earth? Things change. And so college football, which is a fantastic product, is changing with the times. I'm not going to say it's dead. College football's not dead. We're going to have games every season. It's going to be different games. In five years, it's going to be awesome games. And I hate to cite this guy because I disagree with him. And he's on another station. But you know what? I don't really care. Colin Cowherd put the perfect tweet together. It was uh, yesterday or Saturday, whenever it was. He said, and he tweeted, and this is 100% correct, when USC is playing the Badgers on a Saturday night in Camp Randall and the Huskies are hosting Michigan on Montlake, I guess that's where Washington is, and while the Ducks are in a shootout in Eugene with Penn State, that loyalty stuff will fade pretty quickly. Give me more big games. I'm in. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I understand it's changes. Everybody whined when, you know, Maryland left the ACC and when Rutgers left the Big East and all these teams left and went to different conferences and we all took time to kind of get used to, oh my God, Maryland's playing Michigan? And guess what? Whatever many years later it is, we're used to it by now. And so, look, there's going to be some more moves. The Pac-12's going to have to do something because they're down the four. The four are either going to go somewhere else or they're going to draw the line. They're going to, you know, mix in with the Mountain West. Bring in the AAC. You know why I also think college football is going to be great? Because of conferences like the Sunbelt. The Sunbelt and the MAC know what they are, and they will survive this whole thing. Nobody's going to take a a, a Sunbelt school. The Sunbelt figured it out perfectly. You go, you keep it in a very nice, tight region, you do travel partners, and you keep rivalries together. JMU and ODU joining at the same time, fantastic. You put JMU in the area with App State and all these other schools in their general area, everybody's happy. Nobody wants to leave. The Sun Belt's not a part of any rumors. Now, if the ACC all of a sudden is looking for things happening, okay, maybe JMU goes to the ACC. But that would be like 17 moves down the line. Like, let's not we're, we're, we're not there yet. You ever hear any Mac schools wanting to leave? The Mac did a thing that... Conference USA is stealing, which I it's. I mean, I'll never complain about having college football on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, but let's all be honest. We watch Mac football in December. Why? Because it's on Tuesday night. Because it's on Wednesday night. It has a cute little name. It's called Maction. You go and talk to a college football fan. Say, hey, what do you think of Maction? They know exactly what you're talking about. People were probably like, wait, playing college football on a Tuesday. That's really weird. That's never going to work. Oh, it works. Oh, it works. They play on a Tuesday. They play on a Wednesday. It works. It's kind. It's changing with the atmosphere. And guess what? It's going to be weird next year. It's going to be very weird next year. The, Pac, the Pac-12 has four. The Big Ten has 18 or 16. The Big 12 has 16. Like, okay, that's weird. And if the playoffs start becoming a... Big three conference, and everybody kind of gets left out. All right, then then we'll worry about it then. We're not there right now. We're getting ready for a season this year. You're going to see a lot of things that are going to be the last time. You're going to see the last time that, you know, the UCLA and USC will be part of the Pac-12. You're going to see one last Rose Bowl this year in in um in, at the Coliseum. And, look, I'm willing to debate anybody. You could call up, three two seven zero eight eight eight. 888 Call up. If you're one of those people who thinks college football is going to be terrible, I'll let you say your piece and I will give you my piece.
2: Uh, You know, it's funny
1: because I'm listening to the station back home, and there's people who don't. You know, back in Philly, they they like college football. They don't love college football. That's one of the perks of being here in Virginia. And it's where I gained even more respect and love for college athletics, Uh, because in Philadelphia, it's all about Penn State. Nobody cares about Temple. Unfortunately, you know, there's Villanova. Villanova people don't even care about Villanova. But like, you move here and you see the difference. So when you hear somebody in Philadelphia who's kind of a college football fan, and you hear college College football is ruined. That's the opinion of somebody who kind of just checks in on a Saturday. It's the same thing that I've been talking about all this time when they say that college football needs to reduce the amount of time in their games. They don't really need to do that. Now, they now I believe it was Alberto Riveron who talked about how, you know, some of the playoff games a couple years ago were four hours. You kind of know it's going to happen. You kind of know that from 12 o'clock to 10 o'clock on a Saturday, your butt's on the couch watching games. That's it. If you're a college football fan, and a lot of us are, you know you're, there's a certain amount of time that you're going to, to, to dedicate to the sport. So now all you have to do is just recalibrate things. And then there's another person, and I'll, and I'll break in a second, and actually we'll get to what Pete Thamel just tweeted. Um... There's a lot of people who are like, well, what are we going to do about the 10 o'clock games and the 11 o'clock games and everything? First off, they probably don't watch them normally. Secondly, you don't think that the Big Ten is going to schedule a 10 o'clock game involving USC and and Michigan or a 10 o'clock game involving USC and UCLA, whatever. Like, you don't just bring in West Coast schools and shove them into the 3.30 or 7 o'clock time time slots. There will be 10 o'clock games. The Mountain West is still around, so there's still going to be 10 o'clock games. I, I just, the wide ranging opinions that have come out about this, there's just so many misguided people when it comes to this. And it really makes me question how much of a college football fan they are. And I'm not saying you, the listener, who may have the same opinion, you could be very educated, but like, it, let's not be extreme on everything we say. College football is not going to die. College football, as we know it, is going to change. All good things have to change. Guess what? The NFL went to 17 games. The NFL's probably going to go to 18 games. The NFL's playing a game on Black Friday for the first time. Uh, Yeah, Uh, the first time they played games on Thanksgiving is probably really odd. The, The first time they played on Christmas, the first time they played on Christmas Eve, like all this stuff seems really odd. The wild card round, all this stuff seems really odd. And there were people who were probably like, I'm against it. Just like the people who were against baseball's interleague play. They're like, well, why would we want interleague play? The National League should stay in the National League. The American League should stay in the American League. That's why we don't love the World Series. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. Change happens. You either embrace it or you stand in the way in it, and eventually you look like a fool. Because in a couple of years, when college football is putting up tremendous ratings, because these three conferences that are now going to dominate team-wise are putting up tremendous ratings, then you're going to look foolish. And I I think some people will. So feel free to call up. I'd love to hear somebody who is against me opinion-wise. I know, or at least I think I know, Bob will be against me at four, and I'll be ready for him as well. But if you think that college football is going to be a a problem going forward, you know, I'm more than willing to hear you out. I'm more than, I'm going to disagree most likely. But if you want to try and change my mind, you certainly can. All right. 3270888 that's the phone number that is the text line. You could text in and uh, I'll read your text and we can we could spar over the text line. You could tweet me and we could spar over tweets as well. Let's take a time out. Coming up the ACC and Pete Thamel, a interesting tweet from the oh, where is he now? ESPN. The ESPN insider with an interesting tweet regarding the ACC and potentially some schools that are potential free agents. We'll talk about that. We'll also tell you who's in the coaches poll for uh, the FBS, the top 25 poll in the FCS will go eventually on the field. And some other topics as well as we take you up to 4 o'clock on a Monday. You're listening to 1061 ESPN.
0: The Atlanta Braves are rolling with their sights set on a 6th straight division title and their second championship in three years. Catch the action here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Your home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city.
1: Welcome back. 1061 ESPM at Joseph's here, 3270888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. Uh if you want to call in and uh comment. Uh AJ's here as well. AJ, that didn't sound too aggressive, right? Like I want people who disagree with me to call in, but I, I don't I wasn't being aggressive, right? I
2: don't think I think you were I, I like your point and you laid the gauntlet. And I think you're right, even though I'm not a big college. Football guy. Okay, I'm just
1: making sure because I don't want somebody who's intimidated to be like, "Well, he's just going to yell at me." I'm not going to yell. The
2: intimidation is what's the counterpoint? I, it like, is. College college football is going to continue no matter what.
1: It will. 2024, we're going to have college football, just different conferences and different channels. Obviously, I think this year's the first year the CBS is having the Big Ten instead of the SEC. You're still going to find your SEC games a bunch of places, but um, it's just times are changing. Sports are changing.
2: Let me ask you this. What do you think is going to happen to the SEC? Like how, how dark is this going to really get? See, don't say it like that. It's not going to get dark. There's no darkness. All right, so how much of a shakeup
1: is this going to be six years from now? Oh, well, six years from now, we're going to have... The SEC will add somebody. I'll tell you this, but in six years, my guess is somebody will leave the ACC. Probably Florida State, since they're whining the most like a, like a petulant child. But by six years from now, the ACC will look completely different. Whether uh, that's a lot of teams are gone, whether that's a few teams are gone, whether nobody's gone. Remember, the grant of rights is very strong. And apparently, I think it's next year, there's going to be more revenue coming in for the ACC. Now, it's still going to leave them behind all the other conferences. But there's going to be more money coming in. Here's a tweet from Pete Thamel. Came out 15 minutes ago. Sources. In the next 24 hours, there's two calls for the ACC to vet and have early exploratory discussions on the potential addition of Cal and Stanford. One is for athletic directors and the other is for the league presidents and chancellors. It's a fluid landscape for the four leftover Pac-12 schools, and there's a myriad of options being discussed. This is one of them. Now, here's my thing on that, and I'm trying to get confirmation. I'm I'm asking Dave Glenn and several other ACC-ish people that I know. If I remember correctly, somebody mentioned that if there's an addition of more teams and if there is a change to the number of teams, then the grant of rights kind of disappears because they want to renegotiate it. And if you're going to – you have to weigh disappear, and then FSU leaves and then Clemson leaves. And so now you're like, well, wait a second. We're bringing in Cal and Stanford. We're doing our part. But then you lose some of your better teams. Um I would not be for it. I wouldn't be for it anyway. Like what does Cal and Stanford do for the ACC? Like let's I, I this is semi-humorous, but like Stanford should join the Ivies. I mean, where else is Stanford going to feel like home than the Ivy Leagues? Now, granted the time zone differences and obviously the placement is completely different, but that's what they are.
2: They seem to get better recruiting than the other Ivies though. Maybe maybe it's that.
1: Well I mean they haven't done a lot. Uh so yes, I think so. So so as I mentioned, we, we played a clip from his show earlier, uh, last week, Joe Ovius, who does a YouTube show, uh O and G with um Joe Gillio down in North Carolina. He tweeted nine minutes ago, as a quote tweet to Pete Thamel, the ACC knows they don't have to add teams just to add teams unless this is a backdoor way to reopen the grant of rights, which I would not recommend. Then somebody said league presidents have to vote in favor of new schools, right? But how that integrates with the GOR. Then Joe says exactly that. FSU has gone full agent of chaos and I wouldn't do anything that would give them an inch of daylight. Notre Dame is already baked into the current grant of rights. So if that's true which it seems like it is, bringing in Cal and Stanford, not good enough to let Clemson and Florida State leave. Now, it might just be Florida State who leaves right away because they, as I said, have whined the most. But if you do that you reopen the grant of rights, the ACC could be in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Remember, there was the report last week that said UNC and Virginia would be two schools the SEC would pursue. I'm not saying, remember, Virginia was part of that Magnificent Seven that came out. There was that Magnificent Seven, which were kind of unhappy with what was going on in the world. If you give the Magnificent Seven a chance to leave, now there's less, there's less chairs, because the Big 12 made some acquisitions, the Big 10 made some acquisitions, but I think they would make room for Florida State and Clemson. I mean, I've maintained all along that I think Virginia Tech's a better fit for some of these conferences than Virginia, but remember, logic and all that stuff doesn't fit. Virginia aligns, excuse me, Virginia aligns in certain ways with the SEC and with those conferences, whereas if you were going on on field, Virginia Tech would align more. Virginia, obviously, in basketball, but that's the forgotten sport of this all. Now, you could come back at me and say basketball's getting kind of ruined and. Baseball's getting kind of ruined and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And and I would say, yeah, you're probably right. But nobody cares about those. Nobody in the powers that be cares about that. Nobody, like, it's not, it's just not happening.
2: What does the ACC basketball tournament look like in six years, man?
1: Ah uh, sad it's going to be sad And
2: it's not sad it's not going to be sad cuz it's going
1: to you're going to get used to what it is Remember the dynasties don't last Dynasties are great for certain situations Remember there's probably a time before all of us were born or whatever like the, the SEC wasn't always the best conference of all time in college football The Big 10 wasn't always a really good conference There was a Big East conference many years ago when Tech was there that was a pretty darn good conference in college football. Now there is no Big East in college football. So things change. In six years, there's going to be changes to the ACC basketball tournament. Guess what? We will embrace those changes. I mean, we'll probably be at the Big Ten tournament if uh, Virginia's there or the Big 12 tournament if Virginia Tech is there or if Richmond and VCU are in the Big East for basketball. Who knows? Like Things are going to change, but... It'll
2: force us to cover more stuff.
1: I'm just saying, like, I think the biggest problem that I have with a lot of the people is just laziness. It's just laziness. Well, I liked it the way it was, so I don't want any changes. No, that's not how it works. Things have to change. We have to adapt. Things happen. We had flip phones. Then eventually the flip phones disappeared. Now, apparently, they're bringing flip phones back. I don't know. I saw a flip phone on a commercial. We watched TV. We had a remote control. Now we watch on streaming.
2: But some things are sacred. Like, what if the NFC East broke up? It doesn't matter. That wouldn't bother you. No. But how do I care? That's huge. It I'm doesn't not ma- even a fan of that conference gonna, and I love watching it. it. It
1: doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everything changes. You just you grow a different rivalry. That's all. I, I just to me, you have to embrace changes. And it's the NFL. Like there's rivalries. Okay, so Dallas and the Eagles play less. So the Commanders and the Cowboys play less. Like, I don't see that happening. I don't I, see, like, you're going a little extreme there. Right. But when it, but I'm also, I'll use it to prove my point that we'll, we'll adapt and change as sports fans. The the pitch clock in baseball, it was weird when it started. It was, some of us didn't like it. I didn't like it when it first started. Now I'm getting used to it. I still don't love it. At times, I think the game's a little fast, but I'm getting used to it. That's that's all there is to it. So um, when you think about it, we're going to change. That's all. Three two seven zero is the phone number, that is the text line. Uh, so let's do this. Things that haven't changed. The preseason release of polls that don't really matter. Because let's be honest. This preseason poll is based off of last year. We haven't seen any games yet. We have seen nothing. There's been no preseason games or anything like that. There's no exhibition games in college football. So this is based on mostly last year with a little bit of this year mixed in. As you expected, Georgia was number one. 61 of 66 first place votes. Alabama got four. Ohio State got one. Your top five in the coaches poll, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and LSU. The ACC conference that wasn't very good last year, Florida State, eight. Clemson, nine. Notre Dame, 13. North Carolina, 20. That's your top. That's your ACC ranked teams. Pittsburgh is 27, 28, 29, 30th with 52 votes. Uh, NC State got 19 votes. That's where my money is. Miami's got 16 votes. Um, Wake got six. Duke got two. JMU got one. So that's your preseason top 25 poll. Bad news for Wake Forest. Donovan Green, one of their better wide receivers, will miss three to five months with a knee injury he sustained on the first day of practice. That's bad. Bad news for Wake Forest already. First day of practice, you never want to have one of your better players out three to five months with a knee injury. Let's go to the FCS level. Another one, which, by the way, let's just do this. If you love the purity and sanctity of college football and you don't like where the FBS is going, go watch FCS football because it's got some fantastic, and you're not going to see a lot of changes because I think South Dakota State and North Dakota State realize the FCS basically lets them do whatever they want. They try and tailor things so both of those schools can succeed. They're not most likely going anywhere, although they could. You could put those two schools in the Mountain West, and guess what? They do pretty well. You could probably put them in the new fangled Pac-12, and guess what? They do pretty well. So those that you're not going to see a lot of changes in the FCS. Your number one is South Dakota State, the defending champions. They got all 56 first place votes. Uh, number two, big shock, North Dakota State. Number three, Montana State. Out of the big sky, fourth is William and Mary. William and Mary has a healthy divide between the top three. There's a, you know, South Dakota State got 1,400 points, North Dakota State got 1,329, Montana State got 1,294, and then William and Mary got 1,172. Then we scroll down, other CAA teams, New Hampshire, 11th. Uh, continuing on. The Richmond Spiders, 18th. They open their season September 2nd. You can hear it here. The flagship, 106.1 ESPN. Uh, then we keep going on. Rhode Island is 21. Delaware is 22. Those are the CAA schools ranked in the top 25. Uh, Elon got 61 votes. Villanova got 8 votes. And that's what you got from the CAA. So that's your preseason FCS top 25 poll as we get closer to uh, the FCS season. Which will begin at the end of the month. There's some very interesting matchups uh, early on in the uh, top 25 of the FCS. Mercer, the first FCS school to play, August 26 against North Alabama. Three two seven zero eight eight eight. That is the phone number. That is the text line for the show. If you want to get involved, I'm 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 saying this as calm as possible. If you disagree with me with and you're not going to watch college football or you don't like where college football is going. Feel free to call in. Give me your opinion. I will sit here and listen to it. I will refute things if I can. If not, maybe you make a really good point. Maybe I'll be concerned, but I do not think um, I will be because I'm pretty stuck in my ways here. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up, a couple of things I want to get into. The women's soccer team, disappointing end. They will not make me get up at 3 a.m. on Friday to watch them play uh, Japan because they lost uh, in penalty kick, so we'll briefly discuss that. Also, Commander's Camp today, uh, Jacoby Brissett got w- uh, time with the Ones. Yeah, he Naturally, did. people are freaking out over that. Not me. There's no reason to do that. Uh, we'll get into that. There's was a move at Cowboys Camp. Uh, we'll get into that. And so Some other stuff as well. As we just get past the halfway point, taking up to 4 o'clock, you're listening to 106.1 ESPN.
0: Please continue to listen until we give you the all clear sign. Your cooperation is appreciated.
1: Here on your home for sports in Richmond, 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. This is, I would say, the next like two weeks. Baseball is like two weeks left before it basically flips into irrelevance. Because once, like, actually, it might even be less because now you've got everybody focusing in on training camps. Uh, now you've got a lot of people focusing in on the respective colleges and things like that. Um, there will be – the people who kind of dip in and out in baseball probably will be doing dipping out shortly. Um, that's not to say that there's going to be a lot of people watching, but I, I just – you know, we're now in football season. Like, that's it. Colleges have now gotten into it. And the NFL is beginning preseason, and the NFL is monstrous. I just saw, uh, what is it, seven million, six million people watch the the Jets game. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's insanity. But it also shows you how insane this, you know, whole thing is when it comes to, um, when it comes to, to the NFL. You basically watch guys who don't have much of a shot of making the NFL. million people watched the Jets and the Browns last Thursday. 6.3 million. Let that soak in. That's a lot of non-Jets and Browns fans watching that game last week. Uh, Got a text here from Corey. People are bitching and moaning. Oh, the money is influencing these CFB changes. No bleep. Money has always influenced the CFB landscape. Always will adapt or die. Go JM New Dukes. Best in Virginia. Corey. Well, I agree on that one. Obviously, flagship program of uh, the state of Virginia is the JMU Dukes. Uh, don't forget, once we get closer to the season, we will have, between Bob and Al and all of us, we will have our rotation of JMU guests once again, whether it's the coach, whether it's a player, whether it's play-by-play, we will keep you covered on uh, JMU football uh, this season. Because obviously, as the flagship uh, team of the state, we need to make sure to continue to um, cover them. And we know how much the JMU fans love it, but yeah, this is this is all there is to it. Like I can't, it amazes me how many people are rushing to defend the Pac-12. I've talked about it before. I mean, the Pac-12 basically didn't pretend, didn't even think there was an East Coast. Like they didn't care. You could go and buy the Pac-12 network. I'm going to go on their uh, website now and see how much it is. But like, the Pac-12 network should have been offered everywhere. Not just in the certain areas. I'm looking now. Spectrum, Cox, Dish, Frontier TV, FUBU, Sling, and Xfinity are the potential providers that you need in order to get the Pac-12 network. But they make it harder because you have to watch it online. Like I'm going here and if I want to see highlights of a game from 2017. uh, I can't do that. I can do this. I'm going to go here and click on this and then they're going to say you have to go pay for it. And then you know how much it is? A lot. But they didn't really care. They didn't really care when it comes to this stuff. So now why should we care if the Pac-12 didn't pre- pretended like it was just the West Coast? I understand you want to cater to your people, and I understand you want to cater to, you know, make sure that but like if you're in California, guaranteed you could probably get the Big Ten Network, the SEC Network. You could probably get that stuff. And it's probably pretty easy. Not the case for the Pac-12. So you've got a, a conference that catered to a certain amount of states, left the rest of the states out, and now I'm supposed to be like, wow, this is so sad that it's disappearing. And yes, I'm, let me clarify this. It is going to be tough for certain programs. You know, basically Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri coach basically said, "Yeah, it's great for football, but what about the other sports? The baseball, the the you know, the the golf, the field hockey, all the lacrosse who have to go and travel all these places who are really far and probably have to fly commercial doing so." That yes, that's that's very frustrating and people don't think about that. But like okay, that's tough. And so there will be some programs that probably have to drop sports because they can't afford it. And that sucks, too, for the kids. But, like, once again, blame the Pac-12, who just cared about, like, 10 states on the West Coast and didn't care about the rest of us. I told you, I would watch more Pac-12 games on the Pac-12 network. Bill Walton did more Pac-12 network games than ESPN games. The only reason I know anything about Pac-12 basketball is because I would only watch it... When Bill Walton was on. You know why? Because the Pac-12 did a terrible job of promoting their product. And this is one of those things where like, you may have a weakness in your system. And if you want to survive in this system, you have to do something about the weakness. You either continue to bring the weakness along or you cut the weakness out and you move on stronger. And that's what college football is doing. The Pac-12 disappearance is going to suck for some reasons. But they also don't deserve to be around. They listen. They could come up with a great plan. They could go and bring in the Mountain West, merge with the Mountain West, get a couple AAC schools, do some other things that are going to make things very interesting and resurrect themselves. To be clear, the, the the Pac-12 commissioner is not dead in his duties. Like he can still survive and fix this thing, but stop playing the martyr and stop playing. Um, stop playing the guy who just wants everybody's help. Like, do something about it. So if you're just joining the show, Pete Thamel tweeted the ACC is doing some calls to vet Cal and Stanford, which apparently will it would hurt the grant of rights from the ACC, which would apparently get the conference to have to renegotiate the grant of rights, and if they do that, Florida State's gone. There's probably nothing that the conference can do in terms of revenue, that basically would keep Florida State around. And then if Florida State leaves, why would Clemson stay? And if Clemson's gone, why would North Carolina stay? Why would Virginia stay? Why would um, some of the other larger programs in this conference stay? Now, as I said, the uh, musical chairs aspect of this whole thing, we're running out of chairs potentially, but if I'm the ACC, it is not worth the revenue is not worth the revenue that you may get from a Cal and in Stanford to potentially lose Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina and Virginia and some of the other stuff. Like it's not, it's not, it's not worth it. So you should, they should definitely be ignoring it. Like when the phone, when that cell phone comes on and, and it's cow Cal calling, you're like, mm, ignore, move on, and try and strengthen what you have already. If you're going to make an addition for, the only thing I would do to 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 potentially bring the grant of rights negotiations back into play is bring Notre Dame in. We all know that's not going to happen. That's literally the only program. There is no other program that would be currently available that I would go and have that happen. Because let's say you bring in Notre Dame, Florida State's not going anywhere because your revenue is going to shoot up. Florida State's not going anywhere, Clemson's not going anywhere. None of those schools are going anywhere cuz Notre Dame would bring so much revenue to this conference and the grant of rights would be renegotiated, but we all know Notre Dame's going to stay independent. I believe they just did a um I believe they just did a renegotiation of their TV deal. And so yeah, they're not going anywhere. But they're the only school Cal and Stanford really seriously, that's not going to help you. And I would I would I would say so many bad things about the commissioner of the ACC if he did that and then re- opened everything up. But I'm hoping he's smarter than that. I think Jim Phillips is smarter than that. I think Pete, Th- somebody told Pete Thamel that because Cal and Stanford are the two kids, well, two of the four kids at the prom with no date. So they're starting to float some rumors that their dates are coming. Like their dates are driving over now. Their parents were late picking them up. That's where I think this is coming from. I don't think the ACC's seriously, unless we're all wrong and the grant of rights doesn't get renegotiated. The grant of rights stays in place even if they add more teams, which doesn't make sense because you'd want to renegotiate if you did add more teams. So yeah, this is not this is not going to happen. Three two seven zero eight eight eight. That is the phone number. That is the text line. It's a complicated story. I'll give you that. But it's a very simple story in the grand scheme of things. College football is adapting and changing, and we will enjoy it after the initial awkwardness. We will enjoy it. It will be okay. There will be college football on Saturdays. There will be great matchups. Not every game is going to be great. I understand. Washington and Rutgers is going to be a really weird game to watch. But you know what? In four years, we'll be used to it. But ACC basketball takes a hit. You and your obsession with the ACC basketball, nothing's happening in basketball. Nothing's happening with the ACC in six years unless their commissioner is dumb and he's going to bring in Cal and Stanford and lose everybody else. We'll be fine. It's okay. It's all right. Everybody just breathe. Everybody just breathe. All right. uh, Let's do one last segment. We'll get into the NFL, uh, and then uh, we'll be done at 4 o'clock. We'll preview what's up tomorrow. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN
0: off their first playoff berth since 2016 and
1: hungry for more
0: follow every first down pick six and blocked punt here on the exclusive home for the richmond spiders 1061 espn richmond
1: welcome back 1061 espn at joseph's here um commander's camp today people were up in a you know up in arms because jacoby Brissett. Got some uh, work today with the first team. Uh, We don't have a ton of time to get into this, but I see no problem with it. I think it's a logical step. I think that if he's not starting one of these three games, that would be pretty ridiculous. I think you have to get reps for everybody. Now, some people will say, well, wait, Sam Howell's essentially a rookie. He needs all the reps he can get. If they have not decided, which they clearly have not decided, that Sam Howe is going to be the starting quarterback, then you need to get everybody reps. But I'm I'm not going to—I think if you are a Commanders fan, you want this to be a competition— You want this to be a situation where the best quarterback wins, not just one who's being handed. And remember, there is this carrot that's being dangled here that you have a new ownership group, and if they do not win, they will fire Ron Rivera. So if you're Ron Rivera and you want to keep your job, do you play the veteran who may not be as good, who might be the picture of mediocrity in the dictionary, or do you want to play the Sam Howell card who will have the high of the highs and the low of the lows? Sam Howell will win you a game, And we'll probably lose you two games this season. If you're Ron Rivera, you're probably going to go with Jacoby Brissett. Because you want to keep your job. Unless Sam Howell wins the job. I have a feeling that Sam Howell's going to play a quarter against the Browns. Brissett's going to play two quarters. And then I don't even know who the third string quarterback is. It's uh, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm plays the other quarter. And then the next game, I think Jacoby Brissett starts the first quarter. Sam Howell gets the middle two quarters. And then Jake Fromm plays the fourth quarter. And then who knows how they'll do it for that third game. But I think they're going to give every opportunity to those two guys. And maybe Jake Fromm. I don't know. I don't think he's going to win the job, obviously. But they're going to give everybody the most opportunities to decide who is going to win the job as the starting quarterback. Because it's only right. Ron Rivera's job is on the line here. So... Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, Coming up on the show tomorrow, we're going to have Shahan Jayaraja, who is the national college football reporter for uh, CBS Sports. He's not as doom and gloom. That's why we're having him on, because he's smart, and he's putting things in perspective, which is what we should all be doing. Uh, so he'll join us tomorrow. It'll be a story all week. And, of course, we'll talk Commanders as the week goes along. No show on Thursday. Braves have an afternoon game, so uh, we will have that taken care of. Uh, thanks to AJ for all his hard work in the uh, producer's studio. And uh, I will be back tomorrow from 3 until 4. Who knows? We might have more realignment in the next 24 hours, and we will talk about it as well as we always do on the show tomorrow. Back again, 3 to 4, ESPM. 1 ESPN.